Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, all right. Welcome back to Girls Next Level. We have a special episode for you guys today. This is really behind the scenes. This is deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you guys all the backstories and the drama related to these scenes, which right now are only available on the DVD. So if you have one of those relics, maybe you've seen these scenes. Right. If not, we're going to describe them to you and storytell and all the good stuff. But also we will be reacting to a few of the more visual ones on our Patreon this week. If you want to check it out at patreon.com slash girls next level. Yeah, so I think we should just get right into it. I think we should too, but Bridget, you have to take the lead because I was watching these all out of order and my notes are weird, but I'm going to know exactly what you're talking about, so I will chime on in. Okay, well, speaking of notes, you guys, I have like 27 (laughs) pages of notes because I literally wrote out which each scene was because I know that the majority of people aren't going to be able to see these unless you can get your hands on those DVDs. So the first one is Duke, you look handsome. Duke was my little chihuahua, my youngest baby at the time. And this scene is two minutes and 40 seconds and it's Holly's scene. So we're getting ready to go to the dog fashion show. And they obviously filmed this for the show, but Mm -hmm. I don't think they used any of it, right? No, because they hated using footage of me in season one. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced. But I'm surprised they didn't use it because I think it's really cute. And I think it's very on brand for like early 2000s reality TV. Like, oh, let's see all these trophy wives go walk their dogs in a fashion show. Yeah, and I'm going to get to it. But there were lots of celebrities and stuff there too. But it starts out with Duke walking across the dining room table with a crystal Playboy shirt on and a Playboy collar. And it's Jillian and Athena and um, you and Hef are all sitting at the table. Mm. I'm sitting there too, but I don't realize it till later. I'm on the other side of the table. And you say in interview, Duke became a model when he was in a fashion show that was done by Animal Fair magazine. And your hair in this scene is all beachy and wavy. Oh, like in the interview? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is a different look. And I don't think they use that interview ever again. Kevin must have hated the hair. Oh, he would, remember how picky he was about yes. confessional scenes, whether it was the background, your hair, your makeup, mm. your earrings. Like he always had something to say. He didn't give a shit about the continuity of the show. You can change outfits five times in a day and go back and forth. But if the confessional was off at all, flipping out. You know what? Can I tell you an outburst I had one time yes. that has to do with that? So one time I went in to do my interview and I was always trying to, you know, you always have to switch up the shirt. You can't wear like the same shirt over and over again and so I grabbed a shirt that I thought I hadn't worn before and I get all the way down to my interview and it's all the way like behind the game house or something or in the guest house or something and I get all the way out there and they're like you can't wear that shirt you wore that shirt like two interviews ago or three interviews ago or something I was so pissed and I went back to my room and I was like and I slammed the door because it was like one of those days where nothing felt right. Yeah. Like I didn't have, it just felt like I had nothing to wear. I'm sure I had a million other options, yeah. but it didn't feel like it. And I remember there was a producer sitting in the hallway, like all crouched down. They were probably doing another scene somewhere mm-hmm. else. And she was like, <gasps> and she was so oh scared God. that I was so pissed. That is funny. <laughs> I had a, like a out, an emotional outburst for sure. <laughs> Um, But I liked your hair like that. Thanks. I thought it was fun too, but clearly Kevin didn't like it. Right. I I don't think you ever see me like that in the actual show. No. Then cut to we're in the limo. We're on our way to the event. So the white limo pulls up and the cameraman is pointed directly at us in the limo. And I'm wearing this (gasps) tiny short skirt. I think it's the same one I wear in the Vegas episode when we're at the Uh Madame Tussauds. And I said, my butt's hanging out. And I'm like, oh my God, he's looking right at my crotch as I get out. But luckily, I don't even know how. The way I slide out and the way the skirt just happens to land, it doesn't show anything, but I know, I know know the camera was positioned to get the crotch shot. But we were pretty expert at exiting a limo and not showing anything because this was the era where you had a lot of examples of people not doing that. 
very high profile examples oh, yeah. and yeah, there yeah. were always paparazzi. So you learned really quickly. Like my go-to was always like, I would always have like a little handbag going out, drop the handbag, like in the crotch area as you're mm-hmm. exiting. So that way, if anything goes wrong, like they're not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely techniques. Yeah. Depending on which limo too. Cause the, the SUV limo was much higher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were different things you had to do, but as we're getting out of the car, you say, I feel so weird having my dog with me right now. Um, and I th- I always used to feel that way too. Like if I took had to take Winnie on an errand with me or something. Uh-huh. But we shouldn't have felt so weird at that time frame because that was the era of everybody taking their dogs, like purse dogs. It's true, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how people do it. Like I feel like it's too stressful and just too much. Oh yeah, I get so stressed out just worrying like how are they feeling? Are they going to have to take a shit? And I don't know how people do it because we were just talking the other day, Nick and I, we were at Trader Joe's and there was this woman who had her dog on a leash and it was like taking up the whole aisle and she just didn't even give a shit that you couldn't like get around without like tripping over its leash and stuff. But I can't even walk into a Starbucks or a Target with Winnie. Well, this was before, Uh obviously, without somebody kicking me out. Yeah, weird. So I don't know how people do it. I see dogs everywhere I go because it's LA and literally everywhere I go, people have their dogs with them Mm -hmm. and everywhere I went, they would kick me out. Maybe you just attracted more eyes in general. Well, I think a dog on a leash that's taking up the entire aisle and everybody's having to like go around and like do stuff takes up. I don't know. I feel like people have different energies though of like what they're going to get quote unquote in trouble for and stuff. Like I feel like I have instant karma. If I say or do anything that could get a bad reaction, it happens right then. Yeah. It's never like something that I get away with or bites me in the ass later, but I know people who can break all the rules and everything goes great for them all the time. That's so crazy that we're having this conversation because Nick and I were having this exact conversation yesterday about somebody he works with breaks all the rules uh-huh. and gets away with Nobody it. Nobody notices. And and it's totally fine. But he was told if you do that one time, you could be fired over things. Yeah, it's crazy. I heard um, Taylor Swift in an interview tell a story like somebody was asking her, do you ever go in disguise and like go to Target in disguise? And she goes, no, I can't do that because I'm the type of person that if I ever tried that, I would get caught right away. And like, I know the feeling like it's just like it's this weird, like instant karma thing where you, you can't you just can't. Yes. Other people can, but you can't. And then we get out of the car and then Kendra sees, uh, she says, is that a Laker dog? <laughs> Which I thought was so funny because it's Jeannie Buss holding the dog. If you right. don't know who that is, she's the owner of the Lakers. Yes. And at the time she was daughter of the owner of the Lakers also, but she also had an important position. I don't know exactly what her position with the team was back then, but. Yeah, <laughs> but you would think Kendra would know who that know, was so for funny. sure. And Biling is there, mm-hmm. if you guys know who that is. And. <laughs> We do the red carpet. Sorry, I'm laughing because my my computer has like a thing where the keys get stuck. Oh, and I no. put, we do the red carpet, but it's do. And it, it says D-O-O as in like dog do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super crowded there. And But dude did not look concerned or bothered by the people at all. Yeah, he was super chill. He was like the best behaved dog. I think Winnie would have been kind of oblivious. I think so too. She just kind of would have been like, I don't even know what's going on. Just pet me. I'm just here. You know what else I noticed is it seemed like Hef was legitimately having a great time. Yeah, I think so too. Which is another reason I'm surprised they didn't use this scene because it's like usually just because I knew him so well, like I can watch the show and where other people might think, oh, that's just a normal day for him. I can tell when he's annoyed or irritated or like ready to snap. But there's a few times I see where oh, wow, he's genuinely having a good time. And I feel like in season one, the times I saw that were your murder mystery party and this. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't use it because he seems like he's just getting such a kick out of the whole thing. I'm surprised they didn't use any of this too. And then Hef barks. Again? Oh, no. Yes. Just like on The View. But at least this time we're at a dog fashion show, so it makes sense. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> but I was like, wait, did he just bark Again. again. <laughs> So I guess this is a thing with him. Yeah. And then they do a close-up on a pug. And Holly says she's a little nervous because she's never done a fashion show before. Was this truly your very first fashion show? Yeah, I think so. And she didn't know who she was going after or if she would trip and fall and be roadkill, she said. Fashion roadkill, which is such a Sex in the City reference. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show Jeannie Bus walking her dog down the runway. And somebody, <laughs> there's an announcer. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If the person's annoying because they're like, and this is Jeannie. She screams it. You forgot your basketball. 
Oh my God. They, well, first they go, Jeannie. And she like turns around like, what, what, what? And they're like, you forgot your basketball. Oh my God. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, you know. And then Paula Abdul is walking with like three dogs. And then the announcer goes, Paula, make your dogs dance. Oh my God. Like, ah, who is this announcer? That is funny. And then. Um, what did he say to me? Take off your clothes? <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't know. Let me see what I have in my notes. Holly says she was supposed to be a celebrity dog walker, but Duke doesn't walk on a leash. So she turned out to be the dog carrier. Yeah. I feel like he wouldn't have followed and it would have been awkward. Yeah. And she, you say you were a little hesitant um, whether Hef was going to like it or not, but he did have a good time. And then you're supposedly walking the carpet or walking the runway. And then they show Jeannie Buss like cinching into your seat and giving you <laughs> half a kiss. And I said, I was like, I know this is one of the early things that we uh-huh. filmed. And I was thinking, I know what they're trying to do here. Oh yeah. I, think, totally. I know what they're trying to do here. And so she's kissing on Hef. Well, she just gives him a kiss, not kissing on him like all over. And then an interview, you you continue and say, um, you thought he might be bored or wouldn't really have fun or it might not really be his thing, but everybody came along and they've been very supportive and everyone's having a really good time. And then we get back in the limo and have says, Dookie did us proud. And we all say, yay, Duke. And that's the end of the scene. But in real life, after that, we went to Taco Bell, which you guys, I know we've said this before, but back then, like all of us going to a fast food place was sheer novelty and we loved it. Yes. So that was a fun day. We ate that up, literally. Mm-hmm. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as... Run. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one, and this one's a long one. It's... Because I know it'll make you love me more. Oh, this is the one that I call, it's at once the most real deleted scene and the fakest deleted scene. Yes, I agree. At one time. And it's six minutes and 14 seconds and it's Kendra's scene. And it's actually like five or more scenes because it starts in the hall and then it's in Mary's office, then it's in the room and then it's with Holly and then it's upstairs and then back in Norma's office. Mm -hmm. So it's very long and convoluted. So follow along. So Kendra's in the hall down by the offices and she's with Norma and Jenny who are two of the social secretaries. And didn't we feel like at one point it kind of seemed like they were trying to push Jenny as somebody for Kendra to bounce off of in yes, season one? Yes, I definitely think so. Yeah, because I don't think she was ever like hanging out and talking to Jenny in real life that I knew of. Not that I knew of. Yeah. Okay, so Kendra says, you know what Wednesday is, right? And Jenny says, the ESPY Awards. And says, you want tickets to the show? And Kendra says, all nervous, like, yeah, I was wondering if if we have a hookup or anything like that. And Norma says, we're having their event here, so I can't imagine that we can't. And the event they were having there was a big pre-ESPY party, right? Or mm-hmm. It wasn't Something the after like party. Yeah. It was like the pre-ESPY party. So I would think, and then Kendra cuts her off her again and said, should I ask Mary about that? And Norma says, sure. And Jenny says, yeah, ask Mary. And she said, okay, so just go ask Hef. And then Mary looks at her and goes, oh, or did you want me to ask him? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Truth. And she said, well, the thing is, I, I want to see if I could get in first before I ask him because, and I think this is a good part to like slow down and like say why that's important mm-hmm. because you never want to, and this it was always so scary to ask Hef for something. Yeah, that's why I say this in a way is the most real scene because I watch it and I know that feeling of nervousness mm-hmm. and just terrified to ask for something because you think he's going to like take it wrong or bite your head off. Mm-hmm. But it's also the most fake scene because watching this whole thing, I have to believe these tickets were already set up in advance and he already knew exactly 
Yeah. We'll get to why. Yeah. But I also have a lot of times been like grateful that Mary would ask for something for oh, me. Oh, 100%. Instead of me doing it. But I think that that just wouldn't have been as um, good for the show. So mm-hmm. she really wanted Kendra to go up and ask herself. But I can also understand you don't want to waste an ask on something you might not even be able to get into. So I can see why she wanted to shore up the fact that she already has tickets before she asks Hef. Oh, 100%. But then the staff doesn't want to go through shoring her up tickets yeah. if Hef's going to say no. So it's like a catch-22 and and a lot of things were like that at the mansion. You just didn't know what the proper way to do anything was. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the music had been very dopey and silly and kind of slow, but now it switches to like scary yes. and ominous and it's like dun 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 you know just like yeah. not Jaws music but very similar and she's walking down the hall and they're playing all this scary music and she pokes her head into their vanity area and she yells for you uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's, it's always easier if somebody else is with yeah, you or totally. whatever so then she goes in through Hef's door and you're in there and she's like hey Holly and you're like hey what's up and she says um I just I want to ask you and you're like, uh-huh, because she's like uh-huh. not getting it out again. Yeah. And she says, do you think Hef is going to say no if I ask him? But she doesn't say what. Yeah. And then you say, about those awards? Which just goes to show like this was already like set up and like I knew exactly what she was yeah. asking for. Like, yeah. the, I, like I think she was probably nervous doing the scene because there's probably something unresolved about it because I feel that real nervousness. Like yeah. I remember how that felt. But it's obvious that we already knew what this was and the staff yeah. already knew. And Well, it's very possible that she already did have the tickets for it, but hadn't asked Hef officially if she could go. But I think I know she's coming to ask. I think yeah. Hef knows she's coming to ask. Yeah. Like you couldn't just walk in on Hef with a camera without him knowing what the scene was. Yeah, because you even say the next thing you say is, and you're going to go with Destiny, right? I don't see any harm in asking him. I don't see what's wrong with it. Yeah, so it's like everybody knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so you because you even know she's going with she wants to go to, with Destiny. So, and Kendra says, "Well, I'm scared to ask him." And you say, "Oh, don't worry about it. The worst he can say is no." And then you said, "No, no. The worst thing that can happen is he says no." And then the next day he changes his mind and says, "You know, I was thinking about it, and you can go because <laughs> he would do that too. Yeah, he'd make you feel all horrible and bad, and like you're the worst person yeah. for asking such a thing. And then the next day he go, "You know what? I thought about it. And you can go ahead and go." Yeah, I'm going to send security but, with you. and But you owe him big because after you were made to feel like you just made the most unreasonable request in the world, he's doing you this huge favor now by allowing you to go. So now you feel indebted, which yeah. is what that whole charade was all about. And the and when she says that, when she says you owe him big, what she means by that is typically like, you better not miss a buffet dinner. You better come oh, out yeah. to everything. Best behavior. Yeah, like you you should, you need to attend everything and like be so in love mm-hmm. and happy to be there and stuff. I don't want to, I don't want you off in your room and not coming down for things yeah. or whatever. Then Kendra gives out her laugh and then slowly begins the ascent up the spiral stairs and have sitting on the floor upstairs on the third floor office area, which you don't see that often. So this is- a glimpse of that. There's papers and photos and boxes around him scattered everywhere. Hoarder style. And she says, I have a scary question. But he says, yeah, I already said yes about destiny. Yeah, so this is already, like, done. Yeah, and she says, yeah, I mean, I have so many, I'm sorry, I have so many questions, and Hef looks annoyed that she's not just spitting it out, too. And she says, um, is it okay if, like, Destiny and I go to the ESPY Awards? And Hef says, yeah, sure. And she says, thank you, honey. And Hef says, I love you, sweetheart. And he says, that's what a good relationship is all about. Control. (laughs) Curfews manipulation being scared to death to ask your partner to if you can go if you can go to to an event yeah Yeah. and that just the fact that he said yes so easily without asking more details like wait what is this when is it it? who are you going with what time is it what time will you be back just goes to show that he knew exactly what the scene was he knew he was going to look like the hero letting his little girl go out for one night yeah Uh, like this is dumb it's fake okay the next one is i've never done any nude modeling before it's a minute and 37 seconds and it's Sarah's scene. It's very Sarah Underwood. It's very cute. I don't have a ton to say about this scene except Sarah's just really cute in it mm-hmm. and looks hot. 
Yeah. They show her arriving to the Playboy Studios. They introduce her to the makeup artist. And they show a montage of her doing hair and makeup. Steve Wada, who's the photographer, walks her into her set and says, so this is your first time. And obviously, it can be disconcerting to walk into a room of strangers and figure out what to do. We're going to try and have you not think of that at all. And they start shooting away. And he's directing her. She looks incredible. She looks so cute. And then she puts on the robe, says, thank you. And says, it was nice to meet you. And he says, okay, we'll see you again. <laughs> in his curmudgeonly way. I love his monotone voice. He could have been a real, if they wanted to focus on him, they could have made him a funny character. For sure. For sure. The next one is called, Actually, You Can Start on Your Knees Like That. I can? <laughs> it's a minute and 42 seconds and it's Raquel scene and starts out again Raquel walking into Playboy Studios for the first time she is introduced to her makeup artist and there's a hair makeup montage and I love the outfit Raquel walks in it's a very pink Y2K Barbie girl type of outfit and I am so jealous of Raquel's figure She's just so tiny and so cute. Well, she's gorgeous in every way. And she goes to set, and she's also shooting with Steve Wada, which I was kind of surprised that they didn't separate the two because I know they were shooting around the same time, kind of. Well, I think it was probably the same day because we would usually test two women on one day, and it would kind of like flip-flop. Oh, Um, okay. Also, I wonder if those women had any idea that a TV show was going to film them nude when they came out to test. I bet not. Because the show wasn't on the air. Nobody knew what it was. They didn't know they were going to be potentially broadcast naked on national television. Yeah. DVDs. Who knows what they were told. So, pro- yeah, I doubt it. Another funny Steve scene is he's giving her direction on the bed. But the way it's cut, he's not making any sense. And Raquel just looks confused. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is you're laid now. Meaning laid like in Hawaii when you get a lay put on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one minute long and it's Kendra's scene. And it starts with Kendra in an interview saying Ray Anthony is. And then she says, well, he plays in an orchestra and he plays the trumpet. And they cut to Ray playing trumpet at Kendra's luau party. This is all the way Ray, one of Hef's closest friends. Yes. And Kendra says he had sex with a lot of uh, old school chicks like Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my God. If there's one thing that rakes my nerve, it's like either a bad Marilyn Monroe licensed product Or like just a Marilyn Monroe falsehood, (laughs) which I'm not blaming Kendra for because I can see how she thought this. But I think the reason Kendra would think that is the guys at the dinner table were always talking about this story about how when Marilyn Monroe was filming Niagara, Ray Anthony threw her a party and he wrote a song for her. So there's pictures of them together. And he was married to an actress named Mamie Van Doren, who's kind of looked a little bit like Marilyn back mm-hmm. in the day. So I can see why she would think that. Um, and then it cuts back to Kendra's birthday and Kendra tells Ray, I want to lay you. And, <laughs> and you know, obviously it's the lay and you got to get laid. You can have one of mine. And she puts a flower lay around his neck and says, now you're laid. And Kendra says that he was a pimp back in the day. Um, Ray Anthony knows how to spit game. And girls love him. And it cuts back to Ray playing the trumpet and Kendra steals it out of his hands and says, let me try, let me try. Uh, Speaking of spit, it grossed me out so bad because I used to play flute in band. So if anybody's played any wind instrument, like you know how much spit gets on everything and just like taking a trumpet. I I know. Well, there's like they can empty the spit thing out too. Like my brother used to play trumpet. So I can tell Ray is slightly hesitant about her grabbing it from him. Because he knows, too. Also, one interesting thing about this scene is you get to see, like, the outdoor kitchen. And I forgot there were big, like, commercial Pepsi fridges out there and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, the next one is, can I get the phone number for your sister? Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to say about this scene before we get into it is I feel like this scene was a real loss. Like, there's very few scenes I watch in this set of deleted scenes where I think, that really should have been in the show. Like, I think Dog Fashion Show would have been cute in the show. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this one was a real loss because it's just a great introduction to your sister and how she feels. And I don't think we ever really got that introduction. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So it's a minute and 15 seconds. It's my scene or Anastasia's scene, however you want to put it. And it starts out with the mansion gates opening. I drive up in my red Mercedes. And there was two things I wanted to say about this. It had the weirdest backdrop I'd ever seen. This had to have been from the personality test or something because it's this like weird moving bubbles behind me. Weird. Yeah, like green screen or something. And I love the baby pink 
tra- juicy tracksuit that I'm wearing in it. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I feel like your room and just everything you're wearing and stuff looks extra cute in this scene. I feel like it too. I have my hair French braided, which is uh, I mean I know how to French braid and I did French braid my hair, but I usually didn't do it for the show. But it's French braided in this episode, mm-hmm. which is weird. And in an interview, I say my sister Anastasia. She started coming around. Actually, she started spending the summers with me before I even moved to LA. And it shows my sister and I getting all of her stuff out of the trunk. And I'm joking with her because some of her stuff is literally packed in garbage bags. Mm-hmm. And in an interview, I say, and when I moved into the mansion and the next summer rolled around, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if she'll be able to come. So I timidly asked Hef if my sister could come for the summer. And she and he said, absolutely, that was fine with him. So I was really excited. And I believe this is her third summer coming and staying at the mansion with me. And it shows Anastasia and I lugging up everything up the stairs, down the hall. We're in my room and I open up a suitcase and I scream. And I'm not sure exactly what's happening here, but we're talking about fitting everything in a suitcase or something like that. And there was just like a lot of stuff in there. I don't know. And Anastasia in an interview, she says, when I tell my friends I'm spending the summer at the Playboy Mansion, they're all like, what? And I'm sure that everyone at my school knows. See, I thought that was a really cute quote. Yeah. It just really gives you an insight into Anastasia's age and who she is and what people on the outside are thinking. I just really feel like it was a loss that this scene wasn't included. Yeah. And then Anastasia grabs Gizmo and she says in her interview, every guy at her school is like, can I get the phone number for your sister? Can I come up every <laughs> summer? And we go down the hall and we see Hef and he gives her a big hug and says, welcome. And she says, thank you so much for having me. And I give him a kiss and a hug and tell him we are ready for a fun summer. And I thought it was a very heartwarming scene. Yeah, I love it. It was probably like my favorite scene out of the deleted scenes and the one I would pick if I could shove one back in. Yeah. Next one is I'll Be Destiny. This is Kendra trying on a bunny costume. And the reason she was trying on this bunny costume is I wanted to do photos for Hef for some reason. I don't remember what the occasion was. It could have been an anniversary. It could have been a birthday or whatever. But I wanted to do a picture. I thought it would be cute if we were all three in bunny costume. And we took the picture and it was cute. And it's funny because Kendra goes through this whole rigmarole of trying on all these costumes, which obviously Pat Lacey's going to put her in different costumes to see what fits. Because like I said, they're custom made. So you're just going to go with the one that fits as best as possible. But I must have said something to Lacey about wanting a baby blue one for Kendra because that was her color. Like your color's pink, hers is blue. So it just, it would be too serendipitous that it just happened to fit the blue one. Like I must have said something. And plus, since the whole purpose was we were all taking a photo together, you wouldn't want like her to also have pink or also have black because then one person looks left out. Yeah, definitely. And this was all before the 4th of July episode. So by the time we're doing the 4th of July episode and wearing the military bunny costumes, that's why Kendra's like, I don't want to wear it. It's because she's already tried it and doesn't like it. Yeah, She says, I know it scares me. I never put one on before. And Pat says, well, there's a first time for everything. And she opens up the, I love seeing the closet with all the bunny costumes hanging. That Kendra goes in the bathroom to put it on and she starts screaming. This I was going to say the sound effects in this scene are wild because those are like fake. They're like from something else, yeah. whatever Kendra's saying in the bathroom. And then when it shows Kendra pulling on the pantyhose, it, they play this weird ripping. Like, scraping noise. It's yeah, supposed to be ripping. Yeah, but it's like. Yeah, it's like, so she doesn't know how to pull the pantyhose up. So Pat Lacey's helping her. Lacey says, um, well, there's very few people wear pantyhose these days. And Kendra says, oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then she like starts doing her booty dance and she's talking about how she gained some weight. Which I think is which interesting. Which is sad because I don't think she did gain weight. And I think it's just we so always felt like we needed to say that or make excuses for ourselves. or Yeah. Especially when you're trying on different costumes and you don't fit. Mm-hmm. And you see how hard they are to, to yeah. zip up. Yeah. And uh, they're looking for the name Rosettes. And Lacey says, who do you want to be? Those are like the little name tags that we wear on the hip. And she says, I'll be Destiny. And then she calls Destiny to tell her, I'm using your name tag. And then the next one is called Feathers in Places We Shouldn't Have Feathers. And it's 38 seconds and it's all of us. By the way, I have to say there were a couple titles for deleted scenes that I was like, ugh, what a pervy title. And then when I watch the scene, it's always me saying the pervy <laughs> title. <laughs> See, I think the titles are funny because I like that they're double entendres. And stuff, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like a pun person. Like, I love oh, that no. shit. I love a pun. I love, I'm an alliteration whore. Like, I love all the corny shit. I love it, love it. I eat it up. Okay, starts out on Arnie behind the camera 
he's photographing the three of us having a pillow fight. We're nude on the round bed at the bunny house. And this was one of the scenes we shot for our first pictorial that they never used. But these pictures were super cute. They were cute. Just like the hot pink wall and like just the fun element of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grumpy in the interview they cut to because it's that interview they did with me after we were done shooting our pictorial and after we shot the green screens for the bobblehead intro. And it's a buffet night and I need to get back for something and I'm stressed. So everything I say is like grumpy and bitchy in this interview. Oh no. Well, it it just has you saying we are having a pillow fight, getting feathers in places we shouldn't have feathers. I can't wait to see all the pictures. And Kendra puts two feathers over her nipples and says that there, that's my outfit. I'm going to wear this to midsummers. And that's the end of the scene. (laughs) It's really quick. Next one. Speaking of pervy titles. I know. (laughs) This one is called How's the shaved pussy? <laughs> Very well, thank you. And it's four minutes long, and it's Gizmo's scene, in case you didn't already guess. And this is more of an extended scene rather than a deleted scene, because you'll watch it and you'll be like, this is familiar, because in the Midsummer Night's Dream episode, you do see Gizzy getting groomed, but this is more like the extended, you see the whole thing, yeah. and it's just so cute. Yeah, so I walk into Petco, take her to get groomed, I tell the lady she's got knots all over, Elsie is the lady who's going to do it, and they give her the lion cut. You know what I loved about this too? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that you were saying at the very beginning this is something I never got to see happen. Oh yeah, it's always fun, I thought, back in the day to get to see the stuff we don't usually get to see. Yeah, because they do all of this, at, at least at Petco anyway, uh-huh. very behind the scenes. So you yeah. don't get to watch them getting a bath yeah. and like, getting shaved and all that stuff. And I always wondered, like, how does it really go down? Like, how does, what really <laughs> happens back there? And so I got to see it. And they added a lot of noises in, but some of them were real. And she's so cute. I... I want both of my kids back. I just have to say that. I want both of them back so bad. They put her in the dryer. She escapes. She catches her and throws her back in the dryer. She escapes again. (laughs) And then she's finally done in the dryer. They let her jump out this time. And then they hand drying her. They put her in a kennel to wait for us. Anastasia and I arrived to get her. And I'm telling her how pretty she looks. And Elsie tells me that she fought a little bit. Aww. Um, And then I talk in this scene about how I was told by the vet that as long as you don't laugh at them and point fingers at them and you make them feel like they're beautiful that they do because they're trying to make it seem like it's mean of me to groom her like this I can tell by the things they're asking in the interview in interview they're just talking to Kendra and Kendra says I think Gizmo should be embarrassed it's sad that's not sad I know and then Gizzy goes and hides under the bed, but she's more hiding under the bed because the cameras and we're just yeah. got home and my cat does that now too. Like it's just a cat thing. And um, Kendra goes on to say, she looks funny when she's shaved. It's like, what happened? No, she doesn't. She looks like a cutie. I know it's a thing, but whatever. And I run into Holly on the stairs and she said, how's the shaved pussy? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I say, really good. She looks beautiful. And at this point I'm holding baby Winnie in my hands Aww. and they cut to Gizmo making growling noises. And that's the end of the scene. So cute. <laughs> Next one is, I think it would be bad for her self-esteem. And it's 44 seconds, and it's Holly and Kendra. And it starts out with you guys painting tombstones. And Holly says, I'm going to go over to the pet cemetery really quick. And so you guys walk over to the pet cemetery. And you say to Kendra, you know what sucks about this cemetery? And Kendra says, what? And you say, there'll be no room for our dogs when they die. And Kendra says, aww. And, and then you say, you know, what's weird is I named my dog Harlow. And then Hef told me he used to have a dog named Harlow back in the day. And here is the tombstone for her. And I don't bring Harlow back here because I think it'll be bad for her self-esteem. Have we ever mentioned the pet cemetery before? We probably have. I think we have. Yeah. There was like a little aisle area right next to like the front rolling lawn, not the front rolling lawn, but like the front lawn with the wishing well. And I heard, I forget who told me this, but I heard that that whole area has been like leveled, like all the trees taken down, like the pet cemetery area isn't there anymore. That sucks. So they dug up the animals. Oh, I don't know if they dug them up, but. I'm glad mine's not there. And I don't even know if that's true. That's just something I heard. Yeah. I forget where I heard it. But even so, I'm glad that mine aren't there because if I did want something like that for my pets, I would want to, the, to be able to go there and sit there and see them. Oh, yeah, for sure. When I made that comment about, oh, it's sad, there won't be room for my pets when they die, it was because I thought I was still going to be there in like 10, 20 years or something. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Next one is to all the girls next door, and it's two minutes, and it's Hef's scene. Yeah, this is interesting because it's a 
solid just Hef scene. But it starts out Hef walking in the office with the brown book. He plops down in Mary's office and said, and he's talking to camera and says, this is the brown book that we put together on every issue and helps with the layouts and the pacing of the book. We have an interview in every issue as well as the playmate of the month. And he says, we're doing a major piece on Marilyn Monroe in December issue just prior to her 80th birthday. So Hef says, speaking of Marilyn Monroe, I'd like to take you down to show you something. And the camera follows him down the hall down the stairs into the living room and have stops in the hall and says Marilyn Monroe and I were born in 1926 the house was built in 1927 in the middle of the prohibition so during prohibition people hid their liquor so we have a secret panel here to hide the booze and he pushes the button shows you exactly where it is the door opens this whole thing is so strange to me because when we were giving tours that were on camera we were told by Playboy PR that we absolutely could never show the wine cellar And I don't know if that was security reasons or what that was for, but clearly like either Hef didn't get the memo or he had forgotten that rule. Or maybe it was his rule. So he didn't care if he broke it. Yeah, but it's weird. Like I I wonder where the, where the miscommunication was. I don't know, but he starts down this narrow little uh, stairway. The cameras follow him and he opens a box. He's down in the little room where it's actually Mm -hmm. the wine cellar. And he opens a box and says, this is a limited edition wine that is dedicated to Marilyn Monroe as part of the upcoming 80 year celebration. And it has like the nude photo of Marilyn on the front of the bottle he says the label is the iconic image of Marilyn Monroe that was our very first centerfold and he has a glass of wine and says so I would like to take this moment to toast Marilyn Monroe and all the playmates that came afterward to all the girls next door and he raises his glass and takes two huge gulps of wine can I just say poor Hef because the lighting in this scene is the worst lighting I've ever seen in any scene in the history of cinema yeah well, that's that nasty overhead I know. lighting. It's in nasty there. overhead lighting, but it's like the worst lighting you could ever see. In well, your you're life. down in like a dungeon basement yeah, type thing. Totally. The next one is called A Little Hef Trivia. And it's a minute and 20 seconds, and it's all three of us. And we are in New York. We are about to go see this, get on the ferry to go see the Statue of Liberty. And I forgot we had to do press at that moment. Me too. Like everything was so packed in in that. Yeah, so she says, the wind is whipping too, by the way, mm-hmm. and, it's, and they've got a microphone in her face, and she says, um, what's the one question you guys get asked all the time? And your face, you look so annoyed immediately. You look like, Ugh. Yeah, because, I, I mean, for me, it would be like a gross sex question. Well, you don't answer right off the bat, and I say, there's a ton of questions. And Kendra says, uh, is that your actual hair color? Meaning that's what she gets asked all the time. Is that your actual hair? And I say, are your boobs real? Cause people ask <laughs> that all the time. And she says, if the three of you were to get in a cat fight, who would win? And I don't like shit like that. Me either. either. I thought we did a good job answering it though. Well, you look unamused and say, Kendra's probably the toughest, but I would just try and slink away. And I say, <laughs> and I say, I'm going to win. Yeah. Cause I just want it to be done. Like yeah, I just want to answer that question. Stupid. And she says, really? And I say, yeah, I'm just gonna say it I would win yeah because I'm like next question is what I really want to say and she says are there ever any arguments what do you guys argue over kind of like sisters and Kendra says well we have different personalities but that doesn't mean that we agree all the time and you say our life is so fast-paced that if you do have a disagreement you just have to drop it real quick and move on to the next thing you got to care about everybody in the group and Holly reaches over and pulls me in for a hug which is true because weren't we just talking about how like there was some drama about something and you just had to forget about it and drop yeah, it my birthday the whole oh, tennis yeah. thing I had to just drop it because we're on to the next thing yeah it's the yeah. and yeah you can't just sit around and there's no time mm-hmm. and then she says I have some Hef trivia for you. And she says, when is Hef's birthday? And we all answer in unison, April 9th. Mm -hmm. And she says, how old was Hef when he lost his virginity? And you say, 22. And Kendra and I just both laugh. Which sounds so old now, but he said that's just what everybody did. You waited until you were married back then. And then she says, thank you guys. And we say, thanks, that was fun. But I'm thinking, was it fun? Not at all. (laughs) I feel like we made it fun and we like, and maybe it was something different, but Mm -hmm. like, it's not a fun experience. yeah. This is another scene, the next scene, that I feel like could have stood to stay in the show. This is when we're in New York. Yes. We're coming back to the hotel from sightseeing, and we realize we're going to be late for whatever the next thing Hef has on his agenda is. And us being late just was not an option. So 
traffic is horrible because of the Columbus Day Parade. So we jump out of the limo and run. And for a while, it looks like the limo is actually making it a little faster than us. But I don't think that's how it panned out. I think we did get there before. We did get there. But there were times where we saw the limo passing us and we were freaking out. Yeah. For sure. I thought it was cute how Kendra Stubbs goes, Holly, world of Disney. (laughs) Um, yeah, we literally cut through the parade and everything. Like, we went right through a marching band. We're like, sorry. But I thought that would have been, I mean, I guess there was a lot in the New York episode because the main drama was the view, but I thought that would have been good drama. Mm-hmm. Like, we I have so to too. book it to get back to the point where we're like running in heels after we jumped out of the limo. The next scene is I like your boobies. And it's <laughs> um, all of us again, all four of us. And we're at the Virgin Megastore in Chicago. And we are doing our signing. They talk about, are you expecting a lot of fans? And you're like, I think that there should be at least like six people there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they show this long ass line and us walking in and everyone's screaming. And we pose for pictures. And the signing begins and one guy brings a bowling ball. We would get all kinds of weird shit to sign. Was the bowling ball from the Chicago mansion? Yeah, because Hef says, you stole it. Put this man under arrest. (laughs) That's so funny. You know what's crazy is it shows a woman with a baby in line. Do you realize that baby is 18 now? I know. So nuts. It's crazy. I can't even deal. And we're laughing and chatting with all the fans while signing. And an old guy says, I'm going to put this on the wall by my bed. And Holly says, I'm going to put it on the wall by my bed too. (laughs) We have something in common. There's an older woman with, this, I thought this was cute. There's an older woman with her husband and um, she says, Hef keeps getting young and good looking. I think I would probably want to have a drink with him and find it's out so, some of his stories. Yeah, it's so cute. It's like this little older lady. She has an accent. She's like, uh-huh. he just keeps getting younger. It's so cute. Yeah, and just with her husband. <laughs> and then I say in interview, we had a lot of girl fans and then we had a lot of crazy ones too. We had a guy come as a, in a crawfish outfit oh I remember crawfish guy and we had a guy that came and took his shirt off I have to say the purse I have in the scene I wish I still had it it was it just looks like a normal white purse but it was a Barbie brand purse it was like a collab and it had like this hot pink lining and I could be wrong but I think that might have been the purse I lost in the Vegas episode oh no what's the next scene legs at 11 this is my favorite We were doing the Man Cow Show, and then we were doing the WGN News in Chicago. Early morning. And then we go mess around with the green screen for weather. Yeah, and I lay on the floor, and I'm, like, kicking my legs up into the screen. And thank God I'm wearing full butt underwear. And somebody says, that's on the staff of the TV show, um, legs at 11. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then somebody says, it's getting a little nipply out here. And then they cut to another guy who works there, and his face is just so funny. (laughs) And that's it. That's the whole scene. Um, The next one is called I Don't Get Gotten. And this is four minutes and it's all four of us and more. And it's us going at the, we're at the Wax Museum and we are going through the Halloween part or the horror part Mm -hmm. of the Wax Museum. I think we've told you guys before that there were things that were actually I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't been, there's things that aren't wax in there. But they got us good. There were some good ones in there. Yeah. I worked at a haunted in a haunted house once. You did? Yeah, so I have sympathy for the actors who work a haunted house. Because I did it when I was in college in Portland. And I used to do, like, with it, like, an extras agency. Because I was trying to get my SAG card. So, like, Lifetime would film movies up in Portland and stuff. So I would be an extra on those. And the extra casting asked me if I wanted to work in a haunted house. I was like, okay. So they had me in this little, like, crevice where I would like jump up into this window thing and scare people and I had like a wolf mask on but it was just like a really long night the masks those big rubber masks are hot and sweaty and I remember like my contact lenses were getting all dry and wanting to pop out of my eyes and I would you know jump up and scream at people and then the guy who was the head of the acting agency or the extras agency came by and goes you need to be scarier and I'm just like hoarse and sweating and I'm just like it wasn't a fun job yeah (laughs) at least my at least my little niche of it wasn't fun I've done scare things before too and I love it I love scaring people but I've been asked to come back and do it too in some of the big haunts and I want to do it do it like just for one night or like one hour or something and then um, we're leaving and Kendra's like, someone farted. And then they cut to this wax figure of an astronaut who's like all turtle looking, like he's holding his breath. I did not even see that part. Yeah, it was the end of the scene. We're walking out and Kendra goes, someone farted. 
They did. I smell it. Because, like, nobody really reacts. And then they cut to this astronaut wax figure that's like, mm. That's so funny. I didn't <laughs> notice that part. All I have is the end is that you say that was really scary and somebody blew on you. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> okay, the next scene is, look at that little tail. And it's a minute and a half, and it's Holly's scene. And we're over at the bunny house, and the gate's open, and you walk in, and you're there for your final bunny costume fitting for the Roberto Cavalli fashion show. Yeah, and it shows, like, all the accessories and stuff. And one thing I really liked about the bunny costume is they made the tail a lot smaller. One thing I didn't like was I am suspicious it was real fur, which I'm not a fan of. Oh, yeah, it looked like it. But I like that they made the tail smaller. Because one thing about the original bunny costume that is a little eh, is the tails are just so big Mm -hmm. and so plushy and a little border (laughs) hokey looking. Uh, So I thought that was an improvement, the smaller tail. But all the pieces were amazing because they were Mm -hmm. so crystalled and like so pretty. And so Pat Lacey is getting you into the costume. She says, oh my gosh, it fits you perfectly. And then you go in the other room and you look in the mirror and you're talking about how much you love it. And as you're walking back into the dining room, this is that scene where I'm like, oh my God, you're so tiny. And like just an hourglass. Thanks. I'm sucked in by the costume. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just crazy knowing that you were having body image issues at that time and you know what the scene reminds me of is how we always used to order domino's pizza thin crust and dump like parmesan cheese on top of it oh that sounds good that was like the way we always ordered it i thought of it because genie's in this scene and i remember one time we were having a fitting or something and i was so excited to order pizza for everybody and she goes you know i hate domino's pizza though and i remember thinking that was so funny just because domino's is so basic see i think domino's is really good me too i, I like all pizza it's, I, I really love it. And then they showing you the vintage bunny costume and you're talking about how huge the ears used to be and mm-hmm. they pull out the pink ruffle one. You say, that looks like Bridget style. Yeah. She says it does. And it does. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> and um, she said that it should be incredible. We're going to see the whole history and then the Cavalli coming up and she said it's going to be history in the making. Yeah. And then the next scene is most of us aren't professional runway models and it's three minutes and 45 seconds and it's holy scene and this was something i forgot i even did so that whole weekend we're in vegas for the cavalli bunny costume it wasn't just the big fashion show at rain at the end of the night there was also a smaller like vip i mm-hmm. guess or press they called it the show. unveiling yeah at the um ghost, ghost bar. bar which is a smaller bar at the palms and it's just funny hearing the word ghost bar again it just like brings <laughs> back all the memories i know and yeah so that was like the more intimate like press version that we did of the fashion show everybody looks so pretty everybody was so nice it was just yeah I love it because they show um they show the bikini bunny the jet bunny the lingerie bunny the Mm -hmm. military bunny the current bunny costume and then they start with the Roberto Cavalli stuff so it's really cool yeah and this is where Kendra says in interview I'm really happy for Holly too she looked awesome she looked beautiful yeah why didn't they include that I don't know um, then the, uh, at the end of the fashion show, the announcer brings up Roberto Cavalli and Hef, and they have you saying, I feel like this is all just the beginning and I can't see what the fu- can't wait to see what the future holds for Playboy. And then the next one is called This Is Our Family. This one is a really good scene too. And I can see why they didn't include it. I feel like E didn't want to have scenes that weren't like the typical bright, bouncy, naked girl scenes. I feel like Girls Next Door was a show that was designed for people who are flipping through the channels. Like they want the bright, eye-catching, action, sexy type stuff. But this scene we're about to talk about is a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. And I think it should have been used. Yeah. It starts out at the back gate of the mansion and a man is walking up and security is watching them through the cameras. And they say, can I help you? Before we get too much further, one thing I noticed that I'd forgotten all about as he's walking up to the back gate is the mansion's mailbox. Oh. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about it. It's this big mailbox out in the street, and it just looks, it's like house-shaped. Not particularly shaped like the mansion or no. anything, but it's just like a cute big mailbox. Yeah. And um, they say, can I help you? And he says, yeah, it's G. And they say, come on up. And he's a former security guard that was serving in the military, and he's home on leave. They have one of the other security people saying that. 
And then we cut to up at the offices and Dick Rosenswag says to the camera, this young man worked for us and his parents work for us. And he's just back from Iraq where he was a medic. And G says, I'm a combat medic and my primary mission is to provide medical support to anyone over there. And Dick tells him we are constantly getting requests for tours from every branch of the military service. And G says, yeah, the company has been supplying a lot of stuff to boost our morale over there. So it's a good thing. And Joe, which is head of security, brings him down to man night to say hi to Hef. Yeah. And you see Kevin in the background, the producer. I know. And Hef says, are you taking care of everything for us? And he says, I'm trying. And Elaine, she's she's the staff photographer, gives him a big hug and says, I can't believe that you're here. I feel bad that she got caught on camera because Elaine was so shy. She never wanted to be on camera or have her picture taken or anything. (laughs) Yeah. But I think she was just so happy to see him. She didn't care at this moment. And then um, his mom is in housekeeping and she's standing right behind as Elaine's giving the mm-hmm. hug and she meets him in the hall and there and I was crying watching this she had no idea he her son was coming oh I know so sweet and then they call his dad up to the office and he comes up and you can tell he doesn't know what's going on like why is he being called to Mary's office you know uh-huh. and then he sees G standing so there cute. and they all hug and then it shows me chatting with G outside and I ask were your parents totally surprised or did they know mm-hmm. and he and he says he did didn't tell them anything beforehand and I said you are such a brat like that is so sweet it's bratty too like they want to know <laughs> yeah like I always wanted to know when my brother was yeah. coming home but it's exciting to be surprised too yeah no it's totally sweet and he said he's seen so much stuff that they told him he wanted to just do his whole year and get it over with and he said that they told him that he's seen too much stuff and he needs to go home and take a break that's scary seen too much stuff and Julie McCullough is standing with us and Julie gives him a hug and then she leaves and Brian Alay says we sp- we're fam- like this is all like family we spend Christmas together Thanksgivings together New Year's Eves together and so sometimes it's nice to know you have support because for us this is our family and it shows me giving a big hug to G and I was so teary-eyed watching this scene me too (laughs) the first time I watched it I was like oh it's so sweet so what scenes do you really like that you think should have been kept in the show? Um, I think the dog fashion show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go backwards on this, actually. I, lo- I love the G scene. I think yeah. that that should have been kept in, but maybe I'm um, biased for that kind of stuff. Um, I think anybody would have liked that scene. I mean, granted, it's not like the sexy, flashy, colorful stuff they like, but it has so much heart. It does. And I think it's just really interesting to know that a whole family was working at the mansion at one point. You know what? I'm just going to like... This, I feel like I'm saying all of them, but I I liked, I thought they could have at least used a small clip of us going through the horror stuff at the Wax Museum. We didn't need the whole four minute scene, yeah. but like something quick. At least the scare. Same with the- Or the fart. Us just doing the green screen. <laughs> oh, I love that one, Legs at 11. Yeah. The limo's going to beat us. I feel like we should, they should yeah. show shown that. The one about your sister- kind of introing her I think was good should have been kept in yes Um, and I love the Cavalli fashion show but it would have been repetitive to the other fashion show I think yeah I think so too I think they could have shown the a little bit of the fitting though oh yeah they should have shown a little bit of your fitting something something to show that you were going to go and do this prior to any one of those scenes following you to the rehearsal or showing the fitting anything leading up to guess what Holly's doing this thing and that's going to be our payoff even if it was just like a minute of it or something yeah I think the feathers just because it was so cute and it's so quick like Uh why not put that in there that could have been a cute cold open for something yes I don't think this is like a super strong scene that really should have been there but another scene I kind of liked was me and Kendra in the pet cemetery yeah I thought that was cute and just like a nice scene but I don't think they ever want to show me and Kendra bonding really either too much. Do you have any memory of maybe something we filmed in season one that just we never saw any evidence of? Wait, was Mount Asia a deleted scene? No. And people said it was, but it wasn't. Weird. Because I was waiting for it because so many people told me it was a deleted scene. You guys, if you know where our scene of doing like bumper boats and mini golf and getting a huge ice cream sundae. I mean, this thing was like, what was it? Like a 40 scoops of ice cream or something? Yeah, it was like a Ferrell's, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if you guys know where that scene ended up, let us know. Maybe it was like a weird promo somewhere or something. Yeah, because I swear people said they've seen it. Huh. I did not see it in the deleted scenes, and I'm pretty sure I saw every deleted scene. Maybe it's a Mandela effect. Maybe. Maybe it was in the show on one timeline, 
but we jumped to the other and Maybe. there's no more evidence of it. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't see that. There's nothing else that jumped out to me that I yeah. didn't see. So now that we're rounding out season one, I have to do your favorite thing and ask you about your favorites and your least favorites. <laughs> I know. I've been dreading this part of it. I knew it was coming. I know. But if you want to say more than one thing, that's fine yes, too. I do. <laughs> Before we get to favorites and least favorites, I wanted to note that like a lot of traditions for the show moving forward were started in season one, mm-hmm. like covering Halloween every year. Yes. Doing, goodness. Yeah, doing a makeover. Because, like, when you did Anastasia's makeover and unveiled it at Midsummer Night's Dream, they do the same thing with Kendra's mom, like, seasons later. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until we were talking about it with Stacey. And I'm like, oh, right. She did a whole makeover and was, like, unveiled at the Midsummer Night's Dream party. I didn't put that together either. I totally forgot. Yeah. Also, Barbie visiting was a tradition that ended up happening, like, five times. Uh-huh. Hometown visits were a tradition that started with going to Lodi. Vegas. Vegas was like our second home on the show. Totally. And that got started in season one. Even traveling in general, because I feel like the show just like opened up so many more opportunities for us to get to leave the house. Mm -hmm. Even like the murder mystery to an extent, because we redo that. Like that was another tradition on the show. And shooting for the magazine. Exactly. Because we would go on to do that a couple more times. So this first season really like set the stage, obviously, for like the rest of the seasons. What was your favorite tradition and what is like your least favorite thing that the show established in season one? I think that I really enjoy doing the hometowns mm-hmm. and obviously my murder mystery. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, like it's hard to choose because I can't take shooting for Playboy out of there because that's my whole dream yeah, of everything. exactly. And then it's like, how do you take travel out? Or Halloween. Or ha- yeah, I can't take Halloween. Yeah. Out, like and travel. And so all of those traditions. But I think that they mean so much to us because we pushed for those things because those are close to who we are yeah absolutely so there's a lot of things we love those weren't just like traditions that just happened because of the show they happen and i'm and i i don't know if i'm saying the tone right Mm -hmm. on that they happened because of the show but they didn't just happen because of the show they happened because they were things we were passionate about and had been wanting to do and had been wanting to push and things that we really enjoyed doing and the show was finally an excuse to get to do those things without getting in trouble or without breaking a rule or for have to be behind them too and be like Mm -hmm. yeah we should do that or let's go to vegas or let's you know whatever yeah So finally, I would say my least favorite tradition that got established in season one is just like pitting us against each other or being like woman against woman, like pitting me against Barbie or pitting me and Kendra against each other. Because especially with the three of us for the first half of the season, we were all trying so hard to like be respectful of each other and get along and not step on each other's toes and make everything good. Yeah. And then I feel like a lot of what the show did pitting us against each other and this extends into the spinoff years too, is it makes us end up hating each other in real life Mm -hmm. not you and me but (laughs) right you know it carries over into real life now this is a hard one to pick too because of course we love so many of the people and don't want to leave anyone out but who were your favorite guest stars on the show on girls next door or girls next level girls next door this season well obviously my sister Mm -hmm. i don't even know if she's a guest star she's with it so she's part of the show so much yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and then maybe uh like barry taff Oh my God. Yeah, he was fun. Because <laughs> um, I just love that episode so much. And then not so much because of this this season, because I don't think her true personality or our friendship comes across mm-hmm. in, in this season. But I uh, can't wait to have Sarah Underwood on more. Yeah, she comes back a lot more later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, seeing some of the playmates again, like obviously like Sarah and Carmela. And again, I feel bad, like even bringing the like favorite guest star up as a topic. Cause I feel bad because inevitably we're not going to name everybody. Right. We're going to forget people. And there's so many people that we were so excited to see again through the show, like Courtney and Monica on the New York trip oh, yeah, and yeah. obviously your sister. And I really loved seeing destiny too. Like I forgot how cute she was on the show and she just always like brings a smile to my face. Anytime she pops up on screen. Wait, I just thought of something. What? Remember how we were talking? Talking about scenes that didn't get put in season one. Yeah. What about Coney Island? We went with Monica and Courtney to Coney Island. That was in season five. Though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Shoot him in the pickle. We'll get there. I think I'm pretty sure that got used. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. What What was the best food? <laughs> best because we love food. Oh my gosh! In that's case hard the show doesn't remind you that we love food. Well, definitely every time we went to the Nine Steakhouse, yeah. that was a big favorite. 
my clueless menu. Oh my God. I want a Chinese chicken salad again. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like the Olive Garden salad that the oh, mansion would make. Totally. I mean, I love an actual Olive Garden salad, but the mansion would make their version. And you kind of see it on screen here and there, like in episode five and stuff. And then the hot rock we had at Japanese. Mm, and Yes. That was so good. So good. But you're talking about all, like, the food that they, like, actually, like, kind of featured on the show, not just stuff we'd order at the mansion, right? Yeah, stuff we saw on the show and okay, were reminded I had, of. Like, order favorites that I would order. Oh, but. yeah. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even think of them all now. What was your favorite outfit you wore season one? Just one? No, you can pick a handful. Okay, I wrote down like God. four. Because okay, you good. have to have like a casual one and a formal one and a costumey one okay. and a barely there one. <laughs> okay, well, um, my red dress from the Murder Mystery Party. Oh, so pretty. I can't believe Trashy made that. Like they did such a good job. And can I say, I tried it on mm-hmm. the other day and it fits me like a glove. Ah, uh, that's nice. Like perfectly. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Quality work. <laughs> I love my mermaid costume. Yeah, super cute. The light pink juicy tracksuit, terry cloth one that I'm wearing. Classic. I'm only wearing it in a deleted scene, but Uh I love it. I really like the black and white polka dot dress that I wear to Vegas the first time. Yeah, it's very like much your character. Like if they made you a cartoon character, they could put you in that. And I tried (laughs) that on the other day too. I sent you a photo, Uh but just for the listeners, I um, tried that on the other day too and it fit perfect so I'm like yes I'm bringing this all back (laughs) why not (laughs) and the last thing I wrote on here was the the baby pink rhinestone dress that I'm wearing in the last episode of Vegas like the kind of ice skater dress Mm -hmm. I love that dress do you have all those things do you still have the juicy tracksuit I don't think I have the juicy tracksuit because those would get like very yeah the casual stuff gets old like I don't have like the t-shirts and the tracksuits for the most part that I wore on the show just because I wore them so often and you wash them so often and they just get old and broken down and you yeah don't, you don't remember you wore them on the show you don't remember there anything you would ever remember really I think mine is the Cavalli bunny costume oh yes but I also love like even simple things like my juicy argyle sweater that I wear in Chicago. Like yeah. I still have that and I love yeah. it. And the vampire corset I wear in the oh, Halloween yeah. episode. Like that's gotten so much play from mm-hmm. both of us over the years. And my missing Versace swimsuit that I can't find anywhere. That's somebody right. jacked my swimsuits and I'm bitter about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What was your most fun activity we did? You know, when I think back on like a favorite quote unquote event or something, I think of the bunny fashion show because it was the first time I got to do something kind of on my own and I felt it was like a cool, fun opportunity. But like the most fun activity that I just, while we were filming it, I felt relaxed and having fun was going to Lodi. Like it was something I wanted to do because I'd heard you talk about it and it was just a super fun day. I felt like it was a fun day with all three of us and yeah, it was my favorite. Yay. What was yours? Well, going to Lodi uh-huh. is on the list for sure, because that just meant so much to me. But also, kind of on that same token, but separately, was going to North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Because that, that was, was really, one. really special for me to go and do that and do it with my sister. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I get Winnie, too, on the yeah. way on the trip home. But even just going to be able to see my brother and stuff was amazing. And then for more mansion-y type stuff, I loved being able to have that paranormal investigation. Yeah. Even though that wasn't like a true investigation, I was like so excited at the time to be meeting Barry Taff and to have like having that going on. The flip side of the coin, I forgot to write this down, but I was going to do biggest missed opportunity. And that's not getting a medium that was a little more tuned in because I'm so bummed. Or being able to do a real investigation, yeah. not just kind yeah. of like tongue in cheek, come over for two yeah. hours and check things out and then leave Mm -hmm. like a real investigation and then my murder mystery party I mean still to this day one of my favorite birthdays so yeah Yeah, the show season one is such a mixed bag to me because I see all these things we filmed that were such fun special parts of our lives but then I think of like the first two or three episodes and how they tried to like I was gonna say my least favorite tradition like I already said is like pitting us against each other and just the, what that grew into and just mm-hmm. like the nastiness so it's so interesting looking back on season one it's such a two-sided coin for yeah. me yeah yeah but let's end on a positive what were your favorite episodes my favorite episodes would probably be um well starting from the beginning my first kind of episode that I thought was fun was us girls going to Vegas uh-huh so I thought that was really fun. Next up, I would say Operation Playmate because I did get to go see my brother and I love like that whole doing all that stuff for the military mm-hmm. and 
everything like that. Obviously shooting our pictorial. Yeah. Um, and then I would say Ghost Busted. Yes. <laughs> Great expectations. Uh-huh. I know I'm listing them all, but I know it's good to have half. Um, <laughs> and Clueless. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll end it there. Cause I think those are, those would be my favorite ones out of that. How many is that out of that? That's, um, <laughs> six of them. The, out make-o- of the makeover isn't one of your favorites. It just doesn't oh, from Midsummer's. You know, I like it a yeah. lot, but I wouldn't pick it as my favorite. Yeah. But the transformation is yeah, unbelievable. So amazing. I think that if I had to guess what the fan favorite episode is, I would guess a Midsummer Night's Dream, the makeover episode, because it's just the one I hear asked about the most. It's yeah. the one I get the most feedback about. Yeah, that's true. I do too. Um, I think that it doesn't pop out in my mind as the the one of my favorites because one, my sister did not continue with the the makeover, yeah. so I'm not sure how how much it really fit her personality. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, um, I just remember when Kevin was trying to like push for a show later doing that exact thing, like doing playboy makeovers for people and stuff. And the feeling that it gave me like trying that. And I told him, I don't feel right about telling people that this is the standard of beauty Mm -hmm. you have to live up to. Yeah. Like everybody should look like this. And he just didn't understand that at all. And I, so that's what makes me worried about that episode and that makeover. I thought it was amazing. Uh I thought she looked incredible. I don't think she disliked it or anything, Mm but I think those are the reasons that that's not very, something that stands out in my mind. My favorite episode is very easy for me to pick favorites. I can narrow it down to one. My favorite's Ghost Busted. I just think it's fun. It's funny. I like how it's very cartoony. Mm-hmm. It's all positive. The only negative thing I have to say about it is I wish we would have had a better psychic medium. And we're all getting along and having fun. And yeah. there's nothing I dislike about it. So thank you guys for coming on this ride with us through season one. We are going to wrap up season one of this podcast with a very special episode. As you know, we've had lots of questions about what the producers and people behind the scenes were thinking when they put this show together, what their intentions were. Were they trying to make us fight on purpose? Were they trying to make one person a main character? Were they trying to sabotage us? And we actually found some people who are willing to talk and give us all the behind the scenes dirt. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, we hope you guys are too, because I think it's going to fill in a lot of little holes and a lot of questions that we've had. And hopefully give us some good drama stories. I, I think it will. Because we love that. <laughs> so if you guys are looking for more content, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. And we are so excited to see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.